Yes, we've kept an eye on different angles within this year-long review of Australian education commissioned by Minister Jason Clare. Today, another perspective on whether our students are underachieving, whether very, very smart or so-called gifted students aren't necessarily doing as well as they could. Our next guest this half hour has been studying why talented students may be languishing at school and not reaching their potential in ways that are not necessarily obvious to teachers. Dr Rami Jackson faced this exact dilemma in his own high school classroom in suburban Sydney and it prompted a joint research project on how to identify children whose remarkable gifts hide behind unremarkable results. His joint research, undertaken at the University of New South Wales, has won the American Education Research Association's 2023 Pathbreaker Award. Uh, So, Rami, welcome and congratulations. Thanks, Geraldine. Uh, Before we get into the details, why do you use this term gifted? I mean, quite a lot of people react to that term. Was it, it used to be called smart kids or having a curious mind? I just wonder what context you might offer. Um, mainly just because that's the, I guess, the accepted norm in Australia uh, and within the research circles, that's the term that's used. But there are many other terms, uh, advanced learners, high potential learners. These are all appropriate. Um, it's just as, I guess, people recognising the term quickly. Yes. Okay. Um, so working on that premise, what did you see in the classroom that inspired this research? Yeah. So I, I guess as a classroom teacher, you you recognise those few very bright students and you uh, meet their needs and you teach them and it's very engaging. Um, but there is always this thought that there's more students who need that support uh, and always uh, looking for opportunities to raise the education of students. Uh, and uh, what per- percentage or number or of children might fall into this situation that you spotted? <laughs> and by the sound of it, you, you weren't <coughs> intending to spot it, but it, it leapt up at you and you couldn't unsee it. Yeah, so what's surprising is um, I guess you start with this idea that education brings so many benefits to society and to individuals. And so the underachievement of any student or any group of students is a significant concern. And when we looked at the research, we found that gifted students, which you'd assume have a massive advantage in education, actually have very high rates of underachievement. Uh, My work identified about 30% of gifted students were significantly underachieving and found that that's approximately triple the rate for non-gifted students. And how did you see it? Like, give us some uh, instances of of where you realised there was a real shortfall. Yeah, so as a classroom teacher, um, we, we find students who are bright but also have a learning disability even uh, or have other disabilities which are impacting them in the classroom. That's one factor. Uh, obviously, students uh, who are gifted will have a range of personal circumstances that they bring to the classroom. Um, but what's really, I guess, challenging to me personally is that teachers and schools don't have training and supports and programs for gifted learners. Um, But how did you know they were falling behind? That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, so it's really hard to know that. Um, For us in the classroom, you might not notice. Uh, So what's surprising is that part of my research looked at different ways to recognise this phenomenon of gifted underachievement and actually found that teachers don't recognise it in the classroom. 
It's only when we use statistical tools uh, to look at their ability, to look at their achievement, uh, do we actually recognise that there are some students who have such high potential and who are not learning at that rate. Um, Right. So what, they sort of muddle along and they're, they're bright enough to be able to certainly not stand out from the crowd or the teacher. Mm. But actually, when you really say, how do you drill down to, to see this, this difference, this, uh, this gap? Yeah. So for, for a bright student, they may have learnt most of the content in the classroom already. They'll sit there, they'll be compliant and well-behaved, but effectively learning nothing still getting reasonable grades at school and so they don't get identified as needing support. And for some students, they're then bored and frustrated and there might be behaviour problems, that might get them noticed. But for many students, that won't be their experience. Um, It can lead to other problems. In fact, uh, there was a Senate inquiry in Australia a little while ago that actually characterised gifted underachievers with psychosomatic and psychological problems um, suggesting that these students often experience uh, problems such as like stress-related eczema, but all the way up to depression, self-harm and mental confusion uh, were even identified. Um, other re- researchers then identified that for these students, uh, their problems, the s- uh, social and emotional problems that they develop in schools because they're not engaged and they're not learning, actually become quite debilitating and infect how they learn uh, in universities or how they learn in the workplace. Mm. Um, Because you used, I think, this simple difference method of analysis uh, where where you actually compared and contrasted, stop me at any point, it's not my strong suit, between sort of standard um, IQ testing and then the the school-wide tests that are done now copiously and you found this distinction. Is that right? That's where this particularly showed up? Yeah, so in research, there's lots of different ways to compare students' ability and their achievement. Um, My research particularly shows that the common methods are actually different uh, and identify different students and measure them in ways that disagree and suggest that the simple difference method is is correct, the most valid way. Um, And essentially, it's looking at standardised measures of ability and standardised measures of achievement and just comparing the two directly. Um, which for schools is quite practical. Um, There is increasingly sophisticated software available that can do the analysis automatically for schools Mm. and then provide them with results to look at. And then when you find out this out, what do you do about it? Yeah, so it depends. But I I would really want to say if I had a student who was, let's say, in the top 5% in intelligence, but they were achieving significantly below the top 10%, maybe even at the average level. Um, I'd want to know why. There can be lots of different reasons. It could be an undiagnosed disability um, and just their their high intelligence actually masks that problem. And so teachers may not notice, parents may not notice, and so the student doesn't get support for either their giftedness or for their disability that they have as they go through school. Um, It could be... Uh, the student's own motivation and their student's engagement in class. It can be the fact that they're just not in gifted programs. Um, And so even though they are cruising through school, they're not actually learning new content. Does it fall to individual teachers or school administration in your view? A a bit of both. A part of our problem in our system is that uh, gifted education is not prioritised. 
Um, so there's not training for teachers, at least very little. It's not a mandatory part of their initial teacher education. Um, so many teachers, their whole experience of gifted education may have been delivered in a, a very small number of lectures, if at all, uh, throughout their university. Very few universities even offer a single unit on gifted education as part of teacher training. And so teachers simply are not prepared uh, in the classroom for this sometimes. And I, I think a, li- a lot of listeners will say, well, a lot of those kids would be creamed off to selective schools, which of course is only in some states. I accept that. But it, it does, is that, do, do, does it change for them when they get to these schools or not? Um, yes and no. The, the same problem still exists is uh, are those teachers trained and prepared? Are there programs that meet these students' needs? Uh, simply grouping um, high ability students together is a good thing, but it's not enough. Uh, the actual educational program needs to be different. Uh, and while I support selective schools, they're not a not a, an instant fix to the problem. Um, I had a student who I taught who went to a selective school and then came back to us for years eleven and twelve, and they said, yes, it was selective, it was highly competitive. So they had lots of peers who were similar to them around them, which was excellent. Um, But the teaching and the programs, they were not actually different. They were not um, challenging. They were not uh, what they needed. How interesting. So they got the competitiveness, uh, but they weren't stretched. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, I I guess this person put it quite bluntly. They said, well, it's selected for the students, but not necessarily for the teachers and the programs that were then delivered at that particular school, at least. And have you yourself uh, watched a change in a child? Have you applied Uh, what you're learning? Absolutely. So part of um, one of my roles has been a gifted education coordinator, and I would analyse student data twice a year and then select which students had the largest Uh, underachievement for then some interventions. And we would then work with the student with a mentoring program. Uh, We'd run an individualized acceleration program or just an advanced learning program. It could be an area of passion. And we used that area of passion to get to know the child well, to understand whether the gaps were in their learning and support with them in the classroom, or whether it was um, motivation and engagement or, or what other barrier it could be. And then using that, students produced massive um, projects, which we then celebrated as a school, um, and then they transitioned back into their normal classrooms with additional uh, extension challenge work. Gee, well, very interesting to hear. Thank you uh, again for for outlining that, and uh, congratulations. Thanks so much, Geraldine. Dr Rami Jackson from UNSW in Sydney and his research with Associate Professor Jai Jung has been published in the British Journal of Educational Psychology and they'll receive the 2023 Pathbreaker Award from the American Education Research Association this month. So good news. Look, I do hope you can stay with me on Saturday Extra. We're going to delve into the rapidly moving world of open AI. (laughs) Stay with us, 8 o'clock. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.